Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone. Welcome into LightningInsider.com podcast. Playoff version as we get set for game six. We're going to look back a little bit at game five in Toronto and uh, give some thoughts on that and looking ahead to game six, which will take place on Thursday at Amway Arena. Lighting are facing elimination for just the second time in the past three postseasons. The only other time would have been in game seven against the Islanders last year. And of course, we know they went on to win that game one nothing on a Yanni Gord shorthanded goal uh, but it is a a different situation I know the Lightning in this group have faced a lot of situations in the playoffs over the last couple of years but they haven't faced this type of a situation in uh, in a bit um, I think the only other time this group has been down 3-2 in a series was against Detroit back in 2015 uh, when of course they won game six uh, in, Tor- uh, in Detroit and came back and won Game 7 on home ice. Braden Colburn scoring the game winner uh, in that situation uh, as they shut out the Red Wings in 2015. So a bit of an unusual or different situation with this group to be here. And I think what has to be mainly disappointing is the way in which they got here uh, as it's been a, a series uh, as my wife called it, it's an A-B pattern. The lighting of loss, they've won, they've lost, they've won, and they've lost. Uh, obviously, at some point, if they want to win the series, they have to break that pattern, and it starts on Thursday with Game 6 to try and force a Game 7 back in Toronto. And, of course, as we know, a Game 7 is uh, a crapshoot or a toss of the dice, a flip of the coin, uh, whatever you want to call it uh, when you get into those situations. But that's what Tampa Bay is up and facing right now. Uh, before we dive into this, I want to let you know that the LightningInsider.com podcast it pre- um, is presented by BioPro Plus. It's the first 100% non-synthetic alternative to prescription HGH growth hormone treatments. Improve your performance, metabolism, and energy without any needles or nasty side effects of prescription injections. BioPro Plus works faster, is easier to use, and is 100% safe. Are you a guy over 35 who wants to fix how he performs, looks, and feels? then BioPro Plus is right for you. You can find BioPro Plus on Instagram or Twitter at BioProteinTech or online at BioProteinTech.com where you can use the code LIGHTNING for $30 off any order. That's BioProteinTech and the promo code is LIGHTNING. All right, Game 5 started as well as you could imagine. Steven Stamkos again opening the scoring somewhat early into the game. Uh, it was a Uh, Too many men in the ice call on Tampa Bay early. They did a fantastic job of killing that one off. Didn't allow, not only did they keep Toronto from getting a shot, Toronto did not have a shot attempt on that power play opportunity. Tampa Bay goes down and scores with Stamkos, and then 52 seconds later, while on the power play, Victor Hedman gives Tampa Bay a 2-0 lead, and you felt like they were off and running, and they were going to take care of their business and come back home with the chance to clinch it. And then some of the mistakes, mental mistakes, they're just mental, silly mistakes that this team made, starting with two interference calls. 
and they're interference calls. You can argue the merit of them or whatever you want. Braden Point got the first one. Zach Bogosian got the second one, and they're late. They're late, and especially the Bogosian one. I know a lot of people are asking about that. Hey, don't you have you know a little bit of time to be able to cut the guy off? You do, uh, but you don't have a ton of leeway. Uh, it, it basically has to be as soon as the player releases the puck. And what we saw in Bogosian's case is he he stayed in the path. He stayed in the path of the player trying to pursue the puck. And you can't do that. You, you can't do that. Now, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think Toronto is, is diving a lot in this series. I think they're trying to draw a ton of penalties in this series. Uh, it's It's been almost downright embarrassing in, in some ways uh, to see it. Uh, but I've seen too many instances to think it's just coincidence. And I'm not saying that was the case on the Bogosian call. Uh, but I have seen some of those situations where guys just seem to go down a little way too easy in certain situations. Um, and, you know, Toronto is is getting some of those calls. Um, you know, if anybody saw the video from Game 4 where Mikhail Sergachev was called for roughing, where John Tavares snaps his head back despite no contact ever being made. I don't think contact was even close to being made. So you see some of that kind of stuff. And, again, I don't think it's coincidental necessarily that we're seeing a ton of that on Toronto's side. But I digress. There's been a ton of penalties called in this series. And you, the penalties that are being called, you can't really argue too much on. I think what you can argue are the ones being let go where you look at it and go, why is that not a penalty? Why was this a penalty earlier in the game and it's not a penalty now? And that's both ways. That's both ways on both sides, and I think it's frustrating for players to understand exactly what the standard is and how they can adapt to it. I mean, we're we're five games into a series now, and you know, the players are smart enough. They should have adapted to the situation by now to know when not to make plays or to potentially going to put you in in situations and the last thing the world you need to do is is put the put things in the hands of the referee you don't want to put yourself into a situation where the referee might make a call and certainly in this series we've seen they're probably going to make the call and we saw a lot of that in game five um so you had those two silly um interference calls and then for an inexplicable reason uh in the second period early Early in the second period, with Tampa Bay up 2-1, to one, the Lightning threw the Leafs a lifeline because they got called for their second too-many-men-in-the-ice call in the game, and that came 233 into the second period. That's the third one in this series they've had, and it's the second one in this game. And, and honestly, it gave, like I said, it gave Toronto life because they end up getting the goal, they make it 2-1, and then they just took over the second period. The Lightning were lucky to get out of that second period still with a 2-1 lead. You know, the shot attempts at 5-on-5 for Toronto were 20-12. to Overall, they were 26-13 in the second period. The scoring chances were 14-9. The high danger chances were 10-3. The expected goals rate were 1.52 to 0.77. That's two-thirds of the expected goals in the second period. Uh, and that's after a first period where the Lightning had 78% of the expected goal rates. You know, it, it easily could have been 3 nothing, could have been 4 nothing in the first period. Tampa Bay had 30 seconds of a 5-on-3 
We're not able to capitalize on that. Um, and I think if it gets 3 nothing, we're probably having a much different conversation about this series today. They couldn't do it. They give Toronto a lifeline. Um, and then the Leafs just kind of took over in the second period. And, and here's where I, I guess some of the officiating starts to, to creep up into your thought process. You know, there was a play midway through the second period where Steven Stamkos was called for tripping. And the call wasn't going to be made. The crowd erupted. The call was made. So he gets sent to the box for that. Um, you had a situation where Austin Matthews clearly boarded Mikhail Sergachev, hits him square in the numbers, and leaps into his back. No call was made. Steven Stamkos was hit with a high stick in the third period. No call was made. Corey Perry was interfered with late, and it's probably meaningless in the grand scheme of things, but you know there were, it was in the final minute, and he's interfered with at the blue line. And not only is a call not made, it ends up being an icing call on Tampa Bay. So that's where it's a little, I think, frustrating from a, a fan stand, standpoint, from a player's standpoint in how you know these things are being officiated uh, this postseason. It's, uh, it has to be maddening. And in fact, I had a chance to ask Pat Maroon that question about trying to figure out what the standard is on both sides this deep into the playoffs, into a series where there's penalties have been a talk of this series. You know, these are the two most penalized teams in the playoffs at this point. There's been a ton of power plays handed out. There's been a lot of four-on-four play, which came back to bite Tampa Bay in the uh, third period because it's the Leafs score two goals during four-on-four, uh, one from William Nylander and one from Morgan Riley. Uh, again, after... Tampa Bay had an early power play opportunity in the in the second in the third period, and then Steven Stamkos is called for high sticking ten seconds in, even though he was clearly cross checked before he was uh, he was penalized for high sticking. So that's where some of the frustration goes. So here is Pat Maroon's answer to my question about trying to adapt to a playoff series where there's a ton of calls made and yet there's still a bunch of inconsistency in the calls that are being made. You know what, Eric? It's been a weird playoff for me. I've never seen this amount of penalties before in a playoff. It seems like it's preseason again with all the calls on both sides. It's no one's, you know, everyone's getting rewarded on both ends. It's not like it's, you know, Toronto's getting more penalties or more power plays than us. Like, it's just on both ends. I've, I've never seen it like this. Watching other series, it seems like the Edmonton series are letting things go and LA series and a couple other, and it just... It seems a little odd for the penalties, but you know what? That's it's out of our control. There's nothing you can do because you know at the end of the day, we're both teams are getting power plays, right? So it's there's nothing we can really. It's out of our control. So we just got to stick with it and just keep grinding through it and just watch our stick work. You know, we'll take the heavy penalties, you know, the hitting penalties, but you know, just watch our stick work and and just kind of move your feet here and just check where your legs and just try to stay out of the box as best you can. Yeah, Pat Maroon's been around the block a few times. He certainly, I, look, I, don't, I can't ever remember a playoff series being like this with the penalty calls. It's just, again, it's just odd. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the four-on-four situation. And, you know, talk about self-inflicted wounds. They did it again. 
the four on four. Morgan Riley got completely lost uh, in coverage. And, you know, there's there's not a ton of four on four play during the regular season as it is. You you get the those situations from time to time for sure. But relatively speaking, you know, I don't know what the four on four time has been in this series, but there's been a ton of it, whether it's been matching penalties or whether it's been penalties called during a power play. And the Leafs took advantage of that. Um, lost coverage on Morgan Riley, and then the second one by William Nylander. Uh, Victor Hedman tried to make a play at the blue line to pinch off a pass. He missed it, and it ends up being a, a pretty much a two-on-one. Uh, and I think in that situation, you just kind of have to tip your hat to William Nylander because he just delivered a perfect shot uh, that gave Tampa Bay the, or uh, gave Toronto the lead 4-14 into the period. Ryan McDonough as a Lightning do. Found a way to tie the game at 8-17, and you look like, okay, now we're going to settle in, and we might be here for a while because it's a pivotal game. Two teams, two very good teams. At this point, the whistles are done. You're not going to get a penalty the rest of the game. Not not unexpected. Uh, again, a little frustrating that because uh, I even said it. As soon as the game became 2-2, and, of course, it quickly became 3-2 in Toronto's favor uh, when Nylander scored a minute 13 after Morgan Riley, uh, that – what are the odds that there's going to be another penalty call the entire game? And there wasn't. And there wasn't. I mean, Toronto got called for four penalties in the first period. And only got called for one the rest of the game. That was the David Kampf call uh, for hooking, which only lasted 10 seconds. So I think that's what has to be a little uh, frustrating for a lot of fans. But then another mistake happens. You know, focus issues. Too many men in the ice call. Um, you know, and Ryan McDonough, and I love Ryan McDonough. I, I think he's uh, one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. He's so smart. Usually he he's hardly ever puts himself into problems, uh, but he did it. He circles around the back of his net, uh, pushes the puck up the ice, and tries to go along the wall. He ran into a traffic jam. You had Michael Bunting, Ross Colton, and Jake Muzzin all right there. Nick Paul or Brandon Hagel was just ahead of that as well. And McDonough got pinched off. He actually took out his own player a little bit, lost the puck to Michael Bunting, and then the worst case scenario you can have happen happened. The Leafs get a two on one with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. Marner with a good low shot to the far post that Andre Vasilevsky kicks out. But it goes right onto the stick of Austin Matthews, and he is not going to miss that shot. Ends up being the the, the game-winning goal. And here we have it. Tampa Bay now down 3-2 in the series, heading back to Amelie Arena for Game 6 on Thursday. Again, it's a 7.30 p.m. start. And I know a lot of people want to just declare the season's over, but as, as I tell you all the time, you can't get caught up in those emotions. Not every win means playing the parade route. Not every loss means playing the, the, the golf dates, right? I'm not saying that this is easy, and it's not, because I think 79% of the teams that take a 3-2 series lead end up advancing to the next round. But you know what that also means? 21% of those teams that have been down 3-2 have come back to win the series, and we've seen it. With Tampa Bay in their history a few times. They were down 3-2 against Calgary. 2004 Stanley Cup Final. Go up to Calgary. Win game six. 
course, in double overtime, the famous Marty St. Louis goal. In 2011, in the first round against the Pittsburgh Penguins, again, down 3 They're actually down 3-1 in that series. Come back home, win game six on home ice, and then win game seven, 1-0 in Pittsburgh to advance uh, to the second round. That was the year they reached the Eastern Conference Finals. They actually ended up sweeping Washington in round two and then lost in seven games to Boston in the conference final. And then he had 2015. Again, down 3-2 to Detroit. Had to go to Detroit to win Game 6 after being shut out on home ice in Game 5. Won that Game 6, came back home and won Game 7. Uh, again, Braden Coburn had that game winner. Uh, ben Bishop with the shutout in that game. And Tampa Bay uh, ended up marching to the Stanley Cup Final that year, defeating Montreal in six games in Round 2. Uh, and then the Rangers in seven games in Round 3 before falling to the Blackhawks 4-2. And that was another series that they were behind 3-2 uh, in that series against the Blackhawks and then lost uh, at United Center in the clinching game as the uh, the Hawks won the Stanley Cup that year. There's a model here for Tampa Bay to follow. We saw it in Game 4. Aggressive, hard, physical, forecheck. Pucks in deep, recover pucks, use your speed to your advantage in those situations, and make uh, you know make Toronto pay physically for you know being in their own end and make them play in their own end. It will be interesting. Uh, I would assume that the Sorelli point and Kalorn line will stay together, and they will get the assignment of checking uh, or going up against Matthews and Marner line. Uh, they did a fantastic job of it on home ice. Uh, Sheldon Keefe got away from that matchup quite a bit in Game 5. Lo and behold, they end up, um, you know, that duo ends up scoring the game-winning goal. That line ends up scoring the game-winning goal. So they have that in their hip pocket. Um, they have Andre Vasilevsky in their hip pocket. And I'm, I'm going to answer this question because it's it's been asked and circulated a couple of times here uh, in the in the. 14, 18, whatever hours it's been since Tampa Bay lost. I had a direct message from somebody. I had somebody leave a comment on my Facebook, um, on my site through the Facebook comments about Andre Vasilevsky as well, and wondering if uh, Jack Campbell has outplayed him, if he's not playing up to his standards. And I will answer it this way. We're used to seeing Andre Vasilevsky perform superhumanly at times. And the numbers in this series, they don't look good specifically up, uh, matched up against his standards. But I'll say this. He has made situations, game two, first period. He kept Tampa Bay in that game. They faced those two early power plays against and killed him off, and he was a big reason why. Uh, he has stopped William Nylander on a couple of occasions on breakaways in this series. And then let's compare it to the goals that has been scored against him. Let's just look at, at game five. Okay, the, the first goal is a deflection. I'm not sure if it went. They, they awarded the goal to Tavares. It looked like it might have hit Mikhail Sergachev's skate and ended up going in. There's nothing he can do about that one. Morgan Riley's goal. Ain't a goalie in the world stopping that one. Not one in the world stopping that opportunity because he was so wide open and he's not going to miss from there. Uh, the Nylander goal, man, just tip your hat as a beautiful against the grain, 
Um, you know, that's that's a shot that we've seen Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point maybe make, but there's not a ton of guys in the league that are going to make that play. Uh, and he's just a beautiful shot. And then the game-winning goal. It's a two-on-one. He does what he has to do. He stops the first shot, and the second, you know, the rebound goes right to Austin Matthews, and there's not much he can do with that rebound there. Based on where Mitch Marner put that shot, there's not much that Vasilevsky can do. So were any of the goals last night, were they stoppable goals on his part? I, I don't think so. And then the other part of looking at the overall numbers, let's not forget, Tampa Bay was up 5-1 in Game 2, and Toronto scores a couple of late, for lack of a better term, garbage goals. And it was the same thing in Game 4. Tampa Bay was up 5 nothing, and Toronto ends up getting three quote-unquote garbage goals. So those bring the numbers down. Compare that to Jack Campbell. The numbers are about the same, and Jack Campbell's had his issues, but he's also had his moments. I mean, he made a couple of spectacular saves in Game um, in Game Three to keep Toronto ahead in that game. And he makes a stop last night. He had a couple of stops on Nick Paul. Nick Paul had a clear breakaway. He had a great opportunity open from the slot, so he came up with some timely saves when he had to. But so is Andre Vasilevsky. So I wouldn't say one is outplaying the other. It's just Jack Campbell has more wins in this series. It's it's 3-2. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. And look, at the end of the day, here's the thing that I think many people have to keep in mind. Toronto is a really good team. And so is Tampa Bay. This is two really good teams who have the uh, unfortunate situation they have to face each other in the first round. As I saw somebody on, on Twitter say last night, this should be a conference final matchup, not a first-round matchup. But you can't control that. You play the teams in front of you, and you give yourself a best chance to win. And they haven't lost yet. Again, doomsayers. It's the moment things go bad, everybody starts saying this team is done, it's over, they're terrible, they're too tired, they can't do this, they can't do that. And they might end up losing this series. They still might end up looking at um, you know, their season ending on Thursday. Maybe they force a Game 7 and it ends on Saturday. Maybe they win it. Who knows? But you can't just throw things away because of one loss. We're not used to seeing this. Again, they've only faced one elimination game in the two in the two previous playoff years. And the only other time they trailed in series is, of course, uh, round two against Boston in 2020 and the Stanley Cup final against the Dallas Stars in 2020. They never trailed a series last year, winning the first two games of each series against Carolina and Florida. They won game one against the Islanders, and it was 1-0, 1-1. Tampa Bay was up 2-1. Islanders tied at 2-2. Tampa Bay went ahead 3-2. Islanders tied at 3-3. So, uh, and, of course, they never trailed against the Canadians either. So we're just not used to seeing this team in this situation. But it doesn't mean you give up. It doesn't mean it's over. Uh, it doesn't guarantee anything. Look, we know the, the record of, of Tampa Bay after... Losses in the playoffs the last couple of years, 16-0. and 0. Andre Vasilevsky, of course, been a net for all of those. 
Um, so it's it's never over until it's over. It's an elimination game. It's obviously this is the proverbial must win game for Tampa Bay if they want to extend their series and give themselves a chance to advance. Um, and there's no reason to think that they don't have it in them to be able to do it. Uh, but it, it's not going to be easy. Again, Toronto is a team that's trying to buck the trend of their own history. They don't have a very good track record when they're actually leading in a series. They actually have, uh, I think their record is 1-7 in in the last eight games uh, when leading in a series. So that's what they're up against. I, I said it going into the series that one of the big storylines here is Toronto against their own history. It's this is what this whole series is about. The Lightning are looking to make a legacy. The light the Leafs are looking to erase and escape their own history. So you get one team looking to make history and one team looking to escape their own history. And again, two evenly matched teams. The number like I had it on the uh, on the pregame skate show with Chief the other day that the goals going into game five, pretty even. The shots on goal, pretty even. Like, it's a very even series to this point, and it can go either way. And that means it could go Tampa Bay's way as well. All right, before uh, I sign off here, uh, BetUS is also a sponsor of this podcast, so check them out. Uh, It's an easy way to support me uh, and what I do here. Uh, of course, you got the NHL playoffs underway. NBA playoffs are underway. Major League Baseball is in the swing of things, and NFL playoffs or NFL season is uh, going to be here before you know it. So you need a sports book with integrity and longevity, like Bet US. You may not know this, but Bet US has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. It's BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS, and you get a 125% sign-up bonus by using the code BOLTS22. That's BOLTS22. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. They have all your NBA and NHL playoff action with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and NFL odds up already. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf and round matchups, and live betting on most sports. And the online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp Bet US mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Bet US, you bet, you win, you get paid, bet US. All right, I'm going to leave you here before signing off um, with the uh, this comment from head coach John Cooper uh, when asked about you know facing elimination uh, for the first time. In a couple of years, again, only once, and that was against the Islanders last year on home ice in Game 7. But this is John Cooper talking about what to expect from his team, what he expects from his team heading into Game 6. Been through them all. We've been up 3-2, down 3-2. We've almost covered the landscape of, of series just because we've played in so many. So, yes, can you look back at that? Just much like, you know, Steve's question you know, in reverse with the Leafs, we have a lot of positives we can draw on with this group. 
And we've had, like, we have shown in, in hostile environments against good teams, uh, winning on the road in, in these situations. You know, fortunately, we get to, we're at home now. Again, that doesn't guarantee anything at all that you're going to win, but much rather play an elimination at home than on the road. Um, and we've won them here. So, you know, if there's something we're going to draw and we're going to take it from everything. And again, this is our core we played in those games in 2015. And so, like I said, we've kind of been through the gamut here the last seven years. And uh, that's what, you know, in answering the questions before about urgency, and all those other things, there's no doubt uh, we'll be ready for tomorrow night. All right, that wraps it up here. Again, Game 6, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs, 6.30 p.m. Uh, you can find me on the pregame skate show. You can find that on News Radio WFLA in the Tampa Bay market as well as on Lightning Power Play on the iHeart app. Simply search Lightning Power Play. If you're not yet a subscriber to my website, go sign up today. Use the uh, promo code PODCAST when you sign up. You get $10 off the first year's subscription. Again, that's with the code podcast don't forget my daily or uh, my weekly hits with ian beckles and jay retcher on wednesdays that's from f- uh, 4 to 5 p.m in studio i take uh, we take calls we take questions uh, we talk a little lightning well we talk a lot of lightning and we play a little name that tune so that continues on throughout the postseason as well uh, thanks everybody as always for listening thanks for the support uh, please support me um I, I could use the help. Uh, I know it sounds like I'm begging, but I guess I kind of a way in I am. Uh, so if you could, if you have the opportunity, please offer the support to keep my voice going on this team. I've been doing it for 22 years. I'd like to try and continue to doing it moving forward, but I need your help to make that happen. All right, uh, we'll check back in again. Hopefully it's a, uh, a much better situation as we head into the weekend, uh, and we'll talk at some point soon. Thanks, everyone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.